Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey, this is episode number one of Excuse Me, That's Illegal podcast where we take a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your boy, Leroy Luna, the man responsible for navigating you through this mess safely yet smoothly. Thanks for joining me. Now I get it. I get it. I know I'm a little late to the party entering this crowded Olympic-sized cesspool that is the world of true crime podcasting, but what I can guarantee you is I'll be covering fresh stories that I hope you haven't heard before, not the same ones that have been regurgitated to you over and over and over again. How are you going to do that, Leroy? Judging by my grizzled voice and macho demeanor, you may be thinking, what is this guy, ex-con? Head of security at the mall, perhaps? Nah, I gotta admit, that's pretty flattering, though. My method's simple, really. I'll just be covering crimes no one else feels are worthy of being featured on an episode. That's okay, though, because we'll make their trash our treasure. I'll also add a generous dollop of the old Leroy special sauce to the mix. And we'll just have a good time with it. Now, I don't have much to do for housekeeping here, this being my first offering. So let's get this thing started. Yes! Okay, we got the minivan fired up. I'm fired up. So hop in, everyone. But please, no biting, no eye gouging, no hair pulling. Unless you're into that. No king shaming from this guy. And let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise I'll be back home before the streetlights come on.
episode number one, Pints and Pounds. Money, 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 money. Money. Some people, uh, gotta have it. Some people, uh, really need it. The OJs. I remember a time back in the summer of 91 when I was broke as hell. My brother Jack, 11, our buddy Dylan, 10, and myself, little nine-year-old Leroy. Well, we were in desperate need of some of that green. Too young for jobs, allowances spent. We knew we were going to have to get creative. So off we went to Dylan's room to hatch a scheme. Just when it felt like all hope was lost, we came up with a real doozy. So we put pen to paper and wrote the following. To whom it may concern, we have your son Dylan. Don't worry, he's safe. For now. If you want him back in one piece, leave $2 under the recycling bin out front. Don't try any sneaky stuff. We're watching. Signed, the bad guys. Now let me just add that, hey, we weren't greedy. Two bucks is pretty damn reasonable if you ask me, if you want your son back in one piece. Also, it was garbage day and the recycling bin had already been emptied and was lying upside down at the end of the driveway. All right, now that you have those vital pieces of info, uh, let's get back to the story. So our idea was brilliant and crazy enough that it just might work. Now it was time to put our preposterous plan into play. So we walked our way up to the front door, placed the note on the welcome mat, rang that doorbell and ran like bats out of hell to the bushes across the street. When Dylan's pops finally answered the door, after what felt like forever, he looked down, grabbed the note, stood there for a second, then chuckled to himself before walking back inside. Damn, it didn't work. Dylan, man, your dad's cold, we teased as we got up from behind the bush. Suddenly we heard the door creak open again. We dropped back down on the cool grass. Dylan's dad crept down the driveway and slipped what looked like a note under the recycling bin and went back inside their bungalow. When the coast was clear, we ran to the bin and flipped it over. Whoop, there it was. A clean, crisp $5 bill. Yes! Our plan had actually worked. In fact, even better than we had anticipated. That day, we proudly strolled to the convenience store down the street and walked in like kings. On that summer day, with my mullet saturated with sweat, Weighing heavy on the back of my neck, I enjoyed the best damn Slurpee of my life. I swear sometimes on a hot, humid day I can still taste it. Oh man, to be young and carefree again. I thought about that day later on in life and came to the realization that we hadn't duped Dylan's dad at all. What a solid dude to play along, though. I'd like to believe that if I was faced with the same situation when my boys are older, I'd handle it in the same way. Sure, we were just boys being boys back then. A harmless little prank that turned out, well, just as well as one could hope for. But it makes you wonder, doesn't it? What would have happened if we were a little older, a little wiser, a little more believable? Would things have turned out the same way? Or would the shit hit the fan? Okay, folks, today we are headed to Horncliff Road, South Shore, which is located in the Lancashire town of Blackpool in the northwest region of England. Man, British places are complicated to describe. Let's just say we're going to Blackpool. It's in England. Look it up on a map if you're so inclined. Now let me set the table here. We are at the home of Lee Ford, who will be the main focus of this episode, and his girlfriend Zoe. Lee, who is 45 years of age, is a removal man. Now I had to look this up just to be sure. According to CollinsDictionary.com, removal man in British is described as a man whose job it is to move furniture or equipment from one building to another. So he's a mover, basically. A down-and-dirty, blue-collar job. 
Shout out to all the removal men and women out there grinding it out for that sweet, sweet paycheck at the end of the week. It's winter time, so let's bundle up. January 28th, 2018 to be exact. A typical Sunday morning for the couple. Zoe, who is 35, I should explain because this is quite important, is in the latter stages of her third trimester. She's super pregnant and about to pop in the not-too-distant future. Lee decides he should go out and get a few snacks to go along with their Sunday tea. So British. Some cookies, crumpets, pickles perhaps, who knows. Zoe's probably having some wild cravings at this point. So our boy Lee goes off to the shop. Should only be gone an hour or so, I presume. Two hours tops if it's busy out there, right? Nope. That would have been nice for Zoe. But fortunately, for our entertainment purposes, that is not at all how it played out. Lee goes shopping as he planned. But while he's out, he comes across a couple of old pals who shall remain nameless. Don't ask me why. I'd shout their names from the rooftops if I could. But that info wasn't readily available. One of these pals, Lee later explains, was in a tough spot. He had fallen on rough times. So Lee, being the sweetheart he is, wanted to help him out. And after chatting over a few pints, they come up with an ill-advised plan to get their hands on some serious cash. Back at the Ford residence, at this point, it's been a few hours, and no doubt Zoe is growing a bit concerned. Our man Lee is a fairly reliable bloke, for the most part, and this isn't really typical behavior for him. You know, generally when he goes out to pick up some snacks, he returns home. Ah, that must be Lee right now. Zoe, somewhat relieved, rushes to the phone, and this is when her horror begins. She receives the first in a series of phone calls from two men who have kidnapped her man. This plan from Lee and his buddies wasn't thought through all that well, as we'll soon find out, but this part is actually quite believable. Uh, She thought this was a prank at first, but to their credit, they stayed committed. Lee could be heard screaming in the background of these calls. I mean, really screaming. A little muffled, because they actually threw him in the back of a van and put a bag over his head. Uh, These fellows obviously have seen a few too many gangster-type movies. Guy Ritchie, I presume. They threatened to torture Lee, said they'd mutilate his man meat, cut off limbs. Like, this is serious stuff. So, of course, Zoe complies with these would-be kidnappers and gives them what she can. She only has 80 pounds in her bank account. Times are tough. This is about the equivalent of 100 U.S. dollars. And she wires that into a bank account for them. Traceable. Going back to the days of my childhood, prank, even we had enough sense to not leave a paper trail. Get her to leave the money somewhere. But like I said, beverages were consumed. Not a whole lot of planning went into this caper. Actually, now that I think about it out loud, she must have wired it into Lee's account. That actually would have made more sense. So let's go with that. And once the money gets to these men, the phone calls abruptly ceased. And now Zoe does what any reasonable person would do. After some time has passed, she gets the police involved. Now this lack of communication with Zoe from Ford's buddies was a huge part of their downfall. It's kind of like when a bank gets robbed. If you go in there all casually demanding money, the bank teller, if they feel confident in doing so, they might throw a die pack in with your cash. But if you strut in there, communicate with them, be all like, I don't want any funny business, no die packs, no silent alarms, just give me my money and nobody gets hurt, they'll comply and think, damn, this guy knows his shit. He's been watching too many action movies now, am I right? My point is communication is key. In all relationships, that's all. So I have to point out, this is fairly obvious, but man, I've done plenty of stupid things while intoxicated. And Lee might be a bit of a jokester. 
he seems like a guy you could have a good time with. But this has gone past the point of being cute here. You're 45, your girlfriend has a baby in her belly, presumably yours. You should be making her life as stress-free as possible right now. Come on, man. So the police start up a probe here. They put 30,000 pounds into this investigation. They're not messing around. Uh, they bring in negotiators who specialize in these type of situations. A bunch of officers are involved. They even have a helicopter. So yeah, like I said, not messing around. And this basically lasts an entire day until they finally catch a break. They're able to pull up some CCTV footage of Lee. And he's just walking out of a shop all smiles with two men and a fistful of booze in tow. While the police are finishing piecing this whole puzzle together, our man Lee comes hobbling down the street, no doubt trying to walk off a nasty hangover. He is shocked by all the commotion going on around his home and can't believe Zoe actually called the police. I mean, come on, man, you didn't really give her any choice, though. He immediately goes into damage control and begins denying, 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 and downplaying everything. But once confronted with all the facts, which no doubt were a little hazy in his head, he confessed. He was dead to rights. The CCTV footage, the phone calls, the frantic girlfriend. Yikes. So let's figure out the aftermath of this. Um, I don't even know what to call it at this point. Well, let's bring in Ford's lawyer, Stephen Duffy, and use this gentleman's words. Quote, This is a bizarre case. A prank which went totally wrong. Yeah, no shit, pal. Can this really be classified as a prank, though? I mean, they got Zoe's money. She clearly didn't get the punchline on this one, nor was she really given one. To this poor gal, this was a legit kidnapping. She gave them the money she had, there were threats uttered, and she complied. They went silent after receiving the cash. It's not like afterwards they said, you know, you just got punked, or gotcha, as all people say after a jolly good prank, you know, and then wired the money back to her, and, and they all had a hearty chuckle. None of that happened. Lee Ford was handed down a sentence of 16 weeks in jail. He collapsed in the courtroom in dramatic fashion when the verdict was read. Here's another quote via the Blackpool Gazette, a local newspaper from which I relied heavily on in this case. There was also The Sun, a UK news site. There were only a few other small articles on this one, and that was basically it for, you know, kind of legit news sources. Besides that, there was a few radio stations doing little comedy bits on it, the usual. Anyways, let's hear from Magistrate Ian Robertson, quote, we have got to send out a clear message that this sort of waste of police resources must not happen. The police were not the only victims of your stupidity. So was your partner, who now faces a baby whilst you are in prison. Our man Ian, throwing it down. I completely agree with the verdict here, though. This isn't something you want happening on a frequent basis. Just a big waste of taxpayer money, police time, and resources. So four months in the clink. Probably not a big deal in the life of Lee Ford, typically. Just a little blip on the radar. I'm sure he wouldn't lose his job at the old uh, removal man mill. A mini vacation from life, so to speak. Sounds kind of nice, actually. Room and board taken care of. Sex is there if you want it. Maybe even if you don't. But in this case, my friends, timing is everything. He would miss the birth of his child, which is why he collapsed in the courtroom, one would have to assume. So yeah, that's the real punishment here. Which, hey, poor Zoe seems to be getting the short end of the stick here yet again getting punished more here than anyone. I hope she had friends and family that she could rely on while giving birth, while Lee was, you know, missing in action. I gotta say, I was there for the birth of both of my boys, witnessing their first moments. My wife delivered one via C-section and the other vaginally. 
So we got to witness the best of both worlds there. And hey, Lee may have dodged a bullet here. Let's just say I've seen some things, some of which cannot be unseen, no matter how hard I try. Just kidding, ladies. The miracle of childbirth is a very beautiful thing. <clears throat> Moving on. Surely this must have been terrible for Lee at the time. The feelings of guilt, regret, the prison record, and maybe the wounds are still pretty fresh. But years down the road, it's definitely something his child can have a laugh about. And Lee and Zoe, if not anything else, have a fantastic story to tell at dinner parties. Zoe had also stated that the money she gave them for the kidnapping ransom was actually Lee's. And if he wanted to, he could have spent it, making this whole fiasco completely pointless. I'm probably in the same boat as Lee here, being the less responsible one in my marriage. Most men are. So I kind of call bullshit here. I don't think he could have spent that money on getting drunk or helping out one of his buddies when they have a baby on the way and limited funds. Nor should he have. I'm just saying that could be partly why he did it. I'm just grasping at straws here at this point, though. Sorry, Lee, you messed up, pal. Can't really defend you here. Now, I'm obviously new to this, but I really, I actually did try to track down Lee and Zoe on Facebook, social media, somewhere, but I couldn't do it. I was really hoping to message Lee. He seemed like he'd be a good time. You know, he, he kind of add a little more context to the whole situation here. Uh, he could have definitely filled in some blanks. I'd love to get his perspective and get in his head. Find out what his end game was here, how it all unraveled, etc. But I'm just going to have to chalk it up to drunken bad decisions and influences, I guess. Which is probably exactly what it was. It's not that deep, bro. And excuse me, that's illegal. There is an open door policy. So Lee, Zoe, if you ever hear this and want to get a hold of me, please do. Email, Twitter, Facebook, anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Links to all that good stuff in the show notes. Holla at your boy. At this point, I'd like to read you some comments left by people on the Sun article that I felt were worth mentioning. Quote, Unfortunately, his 16 weeks in jail won't have made him any less stupid. Okie dokie. Uh, next one. What a twat. Okay, that's just your opinion, man. And finally, my favorite quote. Pair of thick as pig shit piss heads. Now, I'm not familiar with UK lingo, but I'd say that's an insult. They go on to say, feel sorry for the baby having a pair of parents like these. The logo on his hoodie says it all. He really is a deluxe addition. That was rather harsh. Made me chuckle a bit, though. So there is a pic of Lee, and he's wearing a sweater that has a little gold plaque that reads deluxe edition. I've seen several pics of the couple online, and they seem to be in love. Zoe kissing Lee on the cheek in a lot of them. Lee making duck faces like a 12-year-old girl. They actually do seem happy, though. At least in pictures. So I am rooting for them. We'll wrap this up with a quote from Zoe via the Sun article. Here she is. Later that year, and I'm telling you, the gal's a saint. Quote, He was a total idiot. I've made that clear to him. But it was a one-off, and our relationship is otherwise very strong. I know Lee loves me, and he has done his best to make things up to me. He deserves a second chance. It was very tempting to do that in a British accent, but... I'm terrible at it, so I spared you that. Anyways, well, Zoe, if you can forgive that lovable schlub, then heck, so can we, goddammit. All right, we're back, just like I promised. Short and sweet. It was my first time, and we all know how that goes. I'm just glad I got to spend it with you. You were all very kind and gentle lovers. I mean, listeners. <laughs> Gross couple of things before we get out of here. I want to give a special shout out to my good friend Steffi. 
I was honored to have her do the disclaimer at the top of the show. You may even recognize her voice from the podcast One Eye Open, which she retired last year. She's one of my favorites. Who knows, maybe one day she'll pick up where she left off. I know she's chasing her dreams of being a writer. I'll be sure to keep you posted on whatever Steffi does in the future creatively, though, because I know it's going to be amazing. So thanks, girl. Let me put on my sanitary glove here and give you a long, extended fist bump across the pond. I also have a promo to play at the end here from another one of my pals, Esther Ludlow, the host of the insanely popular independent true crime pod Once Upon a Crime. Check that out if you haven't already, but we're not here to talk about that one. She has a second show, her side hustle, as the kids would say. Let's talk about true crime, where she and a guest host, usually another podcaster, sometimes someone famous or not so famous, and they talk about true crime documentaries and other interesting news in the world of true crime. It's really good stuff. I myself had the honor of being a guest host on episode three last year. We broke down the highly controversial true crime doc abducted in plain sight. Crazy stuff and a lot of fun. So I'll have a link to her show in the show notes. Okay, that's it for me, folks. Bye-bye now. Take it away, Esther. And we out. Hey, you know what? Just like you, I love true crime. I love it so much, I started a podcast called Once Upon a Crime. On that podcast, I give you a new true crime case every week in a storytelling style. In my new podcast, I've decided to give you a little taste of something different. Because you see, I love to discuss true crime with others, and I don't get a chance to do that often enough. I started to feel like I was missing out on the conversation. Now, I know you have plenty of true crime podcasts to choose from, many in a discussion-style format. I mean, you can take your true crime with a beer or a martini or a glass of wine. But until now, you weren't offered true crime and tacos. And really, what could be a better combination? But seriously, I started this new podcast because I want to talk about the things you want to talk about. Each episode, I and a featured guest host will share, review, and discuss everything true crime. We'll talk about the newest true crime documentaries and series, breaking true crime news, the latest buzz about true crime and social media, and even trending news and gossip about your favorite true crime podcasts. You never know who might join us. Guest hosts might include your favorite podcasters, investigators, journalists, documentarians, even celebrity guests. The only prerequisite is that they love true crime and tacos. So take a seat at the table, grab a taco and your favorite hot sauce, and join me, your host, Esther Ludlow, and Let's Talk About True Crime. You can find Let's Talk About True Crime wherever you listen to podcasts. That's T-A-C-O about true crime. Just look for the cute taco logo. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.